<laughs> I don't know where this is coming from, but it's like, <laughs> like if somebody likes Reese's peanut butter cups and they start to like eat the Easter ones, it's like that's a slippery slope. What? You're gonna start to eat the pumpkin ones in Halloween, and you're gonna start <laughs> to eat the Christmas trees. Don't. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 147. Is that <laughs> An right? An old school is question. Is it right? I think so. Because we did Enneagram, is it real? And then we did time. And is that real? <laughs> yeah. Is time real? And now we're doing uh, the other within. Is it real? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> what if we just start jokes. doing that? <laughs> jokes. Is that a dad joke? <laughs> um, so this is inspired. I want to like very quickly give credit where credit is due to this title because mm. it's inspired by a chapter from a book by Pamela Cooper White. Go look her up. Who is like a feminist. Credit where credit is due. Feminist theologian. Okay. Um, and it's from her her book called Braided Selves, which is about multiplicity and God. Wow. So already people are either intrigued or they just clicked off the episode. They're like, nope, too much. Nope, not here for that. Yeah. So sometimes we like to do what we call like book report um, yeah. episodes. Mace is in grad school, which gives us more opportunity for book report energy. But, <laughs> it's true. but, but I will say as a caveat, in the early days of No Small Thing, we had a little say? bit more space in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but like, I think, I think we were actually looking for an outlet where we could think deeper. Right. The place we were working at didn't require a lot of deep thinking and actually sort of a, it actually, deep thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, Actually's we got to find an against outlet. our yeah. deep thinking. So yeah, we're like, okay, well, we're going to research this thing for a week, you know? And, um, now it's like, that we've done some test trials. We did uh, introduction or projection <laughs> identification <laughs> and we got lost in the sauce, as you say. That was my bad. That was, uh, I, w- I own that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to that one because you'll just notice us getting lost. Mostly me. No, 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 no. I was lost because I was expecting you to save me. I was like, I don't really understand this. I know, but now I think I get it. We're, we're going to do a day, second attempt. One day I think I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture it like just I don't know how that works for you, but yeah, I can I know what you mean. Like, whoop, like oh, I, I feel it I get it. <laughs> or you get it and you sensed a time you might have been doing it. No, I saying? sensed a time it was happening to me. Oh well, yeah. I was like, is that what's happening? Somebody was doing it to you? Yeah, like they were projecting it into me and I was feeling it from mm, myself. I think that's don't what get it started. Is. I know. Don't even start. Pause. <laughs> don't yep. But 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 uh having said that, um, you are doing a lot of research. It's true. And this this has captivated you this week. It's captivated oh, a few me. Weeks. You've been telling me about it for a few weeks. It's captivated me since literally like three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um you keep doing it. It's it's almost become like a 
a habit or a tick of some kind. You'd Saying like, the other talk, within. Talk, 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 talk. Oh, read the other within. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, have you read? Have you read the other within? Yeah, and Scott says, oh, I'll read everything you send me. If it send me anything, I'll always read it. And I say, okay, have you read the other within? <laughs> <laughs> Fail. And so then Scott the other day read it and was like, <laughs> I laughed so hard reading these texts because you were like, just read the other within. Maybe we should do an episode on this. Let's cancel our original thing and do this. And I'm like, yeah, dude, been suggesting this. I wasn't this. feeling unity. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was the. That's what we were tentatively going to do tonight. Unity? Question mark. Although I feel like the other within is a in contribution to a conversation around unity. No, I definitely want to do unity someday. I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that other than I'm not feeling it right now. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go and deep dive probably this article and some of the concepts in it, as well as just share our own personal thoughts around it. So what you can expect in this episode is hearing some concepts. I would say the main concept around this is this idea of the multiple selves that are inside of each of us. And this the, the like overarching thesis of this book is essentially like, your braided self and kind of like bringing in your unconscious and conscious selves into mm. a braid. Mm. I and love I love it. And so this, this like notion kind of proposes that in order to love and attend to and be on the side of the liberation of others, you first need to know yourself and accept and get in touch with and dance with the multiple selves that are existing within you. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the brief premise of this, I would say. Yeah, you were kind of setting off on doing a, uh, a table of contents, but you just got right into it. You just you just explained it. That's great. Yeah, so we're just going to have a conversation. <laughs> we don't really have a table of contents tonight, self, I guess. The multiple selves, the others within. Mm-hmm. These are all the phrases. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that bringing up for you right now as you're listening? The braided self? What a thought. I know, isn't that? A, it's, I feel like that's a really beautiful thought. And I, gosh, I can't reference it. And I don't remember what they are, but at the end of the book, she kind of proposes like a four part braid. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's like body, soul, I forget. Mm. It's good. It's a sweet little notion. Well, if you're no small thing listener, do we need to clarify for you that um, this isn't a project or a podcast or <laughs> a effort? To get to get you to suppress yourself, no, or deny yourself, no. We're trying to get everybody in touch with many things, and I I do love and believe in the premise of this entire uh, piece uh, essay chapter uh, of of getting in touch with the multiple selves within for the sake of because I I think that's something I experience whether it's on. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> like, like, I, I, it's so funny because something happened. Side note, tangent. Let's just do it. Let's just do a quick two minute tangent. Let's just do it. I Something happened in my life where I was pressured 15 years ago by the young people to get on Facebook. You know, oh. they said, you need to get on Facebook. We want to see you on Facebook. Like, this is what all the young people are doing. And you like, said, I want to be cool like those young people. Yeah, I'm trying to fit in with the young crowd. So I was like, okay, I get on Facebook. And then the young people leave. And now it's like mostly old people. I mean, I'm, I'm young for Facebook. You are young for Facebook. Yeah. The, the young, the, no young people are out here on Facebook. And, and, and now I'm sort of, I don't, I wouldn't say the word addicted, but it's become... 
would say addicted feels it, 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 to me. It's become a I'm norm. addicted to Instagram to me. To me, Facebook is like a phone. It's right. like something that's part of my everyday life that I just have. So to get rid of Facebook would be like, get rid of your phone. And I'm like, sure, that's a, that's a valid proposal. Anybody should consider getting rid of their phone. It's not a bad idea. But I am just acknowledging that it's it's now a, a normal part of my daily life. Yeah. And now, but you're very I, active, and people, you have like a lot of friends on Facebook that actually like. I feel I have like so you've, many friends you've, on you've, Facebook. You found a way to hit the <laughs> algorithm because you get people to respond, and so then it, I think that tracks more people. It's like every once in a while you get a post, and I'm like, holy shit! There's like 150 <laughs> comments. I'm lucky if I get. I know. Three likes we need to actually try to get that sort of I attention posted. for, for our episodes. <laughs> I know you'll post about an episode, and you'll get like I'll <sighs> like it, your mom will oh. like it, and like one random. I'm person. so confused by that. <laughs> actually though because you know if i just post the episode you know i'm like no likes but like the one i posted recently was like a pretty good post about transgender people and i was like regardless if i was directing you to our episode this is an interesting post yeah but no one and and so i really do wonder if something in the algorithm doesn't want me posting a soundcloud link are are people just seeing me because think about like all these people are seeing me post to an interesting episode of my podcast. And they're like, I don't, I don't care. About I know that. it's fascinating. I, it is like, how do we cap on this audience? And clearly Facebook is not wanting us to. Oh, it's really weird. Very strange. But I, I'm just saying like, uh, it, 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 I am saying I'm, as I talk about myself on Facebook, it is, it is a very strange meta other within cyclical inception thing of like, who am I? I'm mm. an old, I'm an old person. Mm. I'm a 41 year old on Facebook. <laughs> I feel like you're probably right in the medium because I mean, my generation is out there on Facebook like tangentially. Like I feel like we're out there, we're posting very every once in a while. We're seeing lurking. things. Yeah, we're kind of lurking on Facebook. <laughs> the millennials. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so how do we how do we dive into this? So we're we don't only have a strong outline, and clearly we're not experts. So if you were wondering about ex- how, how would you start if it was just nobody that ever heard of this concept before, and you're sitting across the table from them at coffee, and they and you say the other within, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about? How would you start?" Let's say, "Oh my gosh, the other within." Let me explain. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think. Um, so from my understanding, and maybe it's partially just both from this writing, but I also just say like these thoughts are probably just going to be my own interpretations. Yes, um, The other within is essentially this concept that's involved around like a, a concept of otherness and a concept of stranger. Mm. Um, it's the other within as a concept, I, I think is essentially this idea that we ourselves contain a multiplicity of inner worlds and locatedness. So there's kind of like within ourselves, there is a vast majority of different diversities and stories running within our lives. So both things like your ability, your like social political place, your color of your skin, your sexuality, all of these are part of who you are. And then alongside that, you have like your internal world. So like what your holding environments have created, what you've interpreted the world to be, all of those are also parts of yourself. So you have personalities built up, you have cultures built up, you have stories, parts of yourselves. 
And you and yourself contain this multitude of multiplicity. You have all kinds of different pieces to yourself, some which actually don't line up with other parts of yourself. Yes. There are things, there are two parts, there are multiple parts of you that may be actual opposites and opposing, but they're still parts of who you are. Hmm. And so the other within is kind of this concept that takes a look at this fact that we have, that each person is kind of carries a unique I've been using this word lately and I don't know how, if it's actually real, this like phrase psychic map, but it just makes sense to me. Like each person. Trademark that phrase. I I imagine, I imagine it's out there, (laughs) but it's like this idea of like, if you were to map out each person's psyche, there's a multiplicity in it. Mm -hmm. There's all these different components. Um, And I mean, this article kind of proposes this, it looks a little bit specifically at otherness in mostly in relation to race, but otherness in lots of other layers and kind of notes that you contain all these multiplicities and there's this kind of natural inclination for us to psychologically be afraid of otherness or afraid of stranger or afraid of strangeness, like just discomforted by it. And so we see strangeness in others and we react defensively and we have strangeness in ourselves that we have not cultivated and we have defenses against our own strangeness, strangeness or strangeness in ourselves that we haven't attended to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like, we contain a multiple multiplicity of selves that's full of dissonances. Mm-hmm. And this there's kind of an invitation to say by by attending to the multiple selves within, that gives you a much better way to attend to the stranger in the other. Mm. So when you encounter someone who is other than you, which is everyone is other than you. But particularly if you encounter someone from a very different locatedness than you or a very different psychic map than you, like you're better equipped to hold them and make space for them and both be whole selves with each other when you're able to, to nurture that strangeness is okay and that you can be okay with strangeness and that you can learn in strangeness and you can lean into the uncertainty. And that gives you the ability to then hold that in other people when they themselves are presenting strangeness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the early days of me listening to podcasts, whatever, sometimes I listen to the radio, you know, it's like I listen to NPR. So that's, how I would be like listening to this American life or something. It wasn't a podcast, but I really did like, and still do every once in a while, I listen to the Robcast, Rob Bell. And he would, he get, sometimes it's just a little mini sermon, you know? And I feel like that's what you just did. It's like, whoa, the little The little mace sermon there. Yeah. I mean, it's really just, it's a lot of this is like pulling from the ideas of Pamela Cooper White. So right. shout out to her. Well, we've already given her credit. We don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I, I guess the explanation of what the other is, is pretty self-explanatory, but it also does sound vague in a way. And it's something that I guess comes up a lot in certain contexts. 
And you said it already, but like the other is just somebody that's not you essentially. Yeah. So, something that's foreign, something that's different. Yeah. And, or the stranger. You know, these are all things in quotes. Yeah. But, and then we have this idea of like othering somebody, you know, like I don't even quite know how to dig into that, but it's like this idea that like somebody is out of the norm mm-hmm. or out of the human cycle or something. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and you have, when you other someone, you're essentially saying you're different, you're strange, you're out, right. you're not part of the group. Right. Um, and I also think about like Christianity and like the good Samaritan. I don't know why that comes up for me, but, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer described Christian freedom. It's like, he would say Christian freedom is different from a traditional definition of freedom. Hmm. And he said, Christian freedom is freedom for the other. Hmm. You've been Hmm. set free to live for the other. That's really interesting. I mean, makes me think of James Cone's like liberation of like freedom. You only are freedom when you take up on the position of oppressed and move towards liberation. Right. It's only in that position that freedom is attained. It's a little bit what like Frederick was saying in oneness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, this, I mean, this concept relates a lot to oneness. Um, Gosh, I had a thought as you were talking and I want to catch it. Catch the thought. Where did it's it like go? Like a little butterfly. You Where got a little butterfly in that. Go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Keep talking, and maybe I'll think of it. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Come up with some content. Go. Um, well, no, I'm. I. I kind of. If you're going to grab your thought, I, I. I am very interested in what this brought up for you because it's been, as you said, about three months of this being on your mind. Yeah. And I read it and thought, I, I've. I've encountered various riffs or variations on this theme in my life. Yeah. So it wasn't like a brand new thought, but I thought it was articulated so well, but this seemed to really do something for you. What what, what was it for you? No, it really did. Um, I'm not saying, Oh, I figured I've heard this before. I'm not saying it like that. No, I know. And I remembered my thought. So I will Mm. attend to my thought and then answer your question. (laughs) So my thought was essentially kind of around this idea of like, I feel like I might get this, this is a theology, this, this writing is kind of based around a theology and we're talking about B.J. Bonhoeffer. I think theology is going to be in the air of this conversation. Mm, Fair warning, everybody. Because I think that there is this, you know, you're talking about this word of otherness and stranger and um, I've been reading like a lot of theology as a family for school and there's this one thing I was reading that was kind of specifically around a like a Trinitarian theology around ability and disability mm. that was inviting folks to imagine and embrace difference as seeing difference as an invitation for reimagining the way that we see societies. And instead of seeing that that is different than us as being like a a line between seeing that difference as being our own, like this interconnectedness. And I think that this other within thought is also trying to break this. It's coming from like a Trinitarian thinking of Mm. the interconnectedness of ourselves that like I have all these multitudes within me and you have all these multitudes within you and your multitudes are mine. Like they're not untied to my own, like, as as I engage with you and I encounter the other that is you, I'm actually also encountering the inner me. 
You know, it's like the other oh. within, the other is within. It's like <laughs> we are interconnected. These sound like high thoughts sometimes, <laughs> like somebody's high. But I know what you're saying. And sometimes I'm like, I hope people know what we're saying. This isn't no, I mean, no, this a bunch is, of bullshit. I don't know, it's think like, it's bullshit. I'm literally planning on writing like a whole paper on this kind I know of very what you're concept. Saying. Sometimes I'm like, I hope people are picking up what we're, we're putting down. <laughs> we're putting down. Know? But I, yeah, no, I totally know what you're talking about. It's it's this idea of I mean it's back to Frederick's notion of oneness. Mm-hmm. It's this it's the the dynamic nature of of life. Like we yeah. are in flow with life. We are in flow with this oneness and have mm-hmm. these diversities within us. But, um, I, but you know, we were just talking about Donald Trump before this started and that's just a we very briefly talking about extreme example of something that is sort of in for for some people mm-hmm. a, a, like a collective trauma. Yeah. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because it's like a collective experience that mit, that has like seeped into the subconscious or consciousness of many people. Yeah. That's an extreme example. But like think think about like just generationally we we're talking about Facebook earlier like all the little things that made me and my generation like we watched Muppet Babies, we watched the Cosby show, <laughs> problematic, but um, you know, Muppet Babies. Uh, these things are just infinite. They, they, it goes on forever infinite. Like there's no like, Oh, it's a thousand things. It's a yeah. million things it's like infinite, but yeah. like all of the things that make me, me, you know, other people also experienced in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah. then we see that in the other person. And that's just one example, but it's yeah. like, I, it's really trippy. <laughs> it is really trippy. And it's really trippy when you start to, so this, okay, I'll, mm. I'll go back to answering your original question mm. because I think I will then be able to tie it into these other thoughts. Um, this article was good and challenging for me. Mm-hmm. I'll say, um, this goes into like a lot of different particular things, but it kind of, in a way, I th- Pamela Cooper White is white. And I think, I don't know who her direct audience is, but she's doing a lot of work around kind of the, the psychological process that happens, particularly with white folks, as they start to learn about racism or learn about oppression or learn about disparities. And the, the defenses that flare sort of a better version of whatever this white fragility book was. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's offering and it, she admits that it's like a pretty uh, like she kind of offers a model and she's like the model isn't perfect, but it is a, a somewhat helpful model of kind of just the process that one often goes through and the defenses that come up and kind of explains in a lot of ways the 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 hold white supremacy has and the hold that that has in terms of like creating dissonances and I've been also reading a lot about like psychologies of liberation and particularly it talks a lot about how oppressors are in particular dissociative states mm. so folks who are in the position of oppressing and who are actively oppressing or folks who are bystanders to oppression mm. so which I feel like I primarily am positioned in the state of being a bystander to oppression that to be in that position involves a a pretty robust psychic like cultivation of dissociative states. Like to, to, 
to be the cultivation of disassociative states. Like to be in this this position where you can turn away from the violence being done to a human. Disassociate. You're dissociating. Yeah. And and we have layers of this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all kind of piled up. And I personally found this to be helpful for me to hold as I, as a white person, have gone through and am still coming to, like moving from, like there's psychology liberation talk about this idea of moving from bystanding to witnessing. So moving from looking away and just watching violence to witnessing and calling out and naming and memorializing and mm. and and not turning the face away, not like like pushing past the dissociation and leaning into grief, mm. like moving towards that. And then essentially kind of moving towards the position of oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's also as like this author talks about, it's like you have layers, like you're going back to this idea of multiple cells, like, I have a very particular locatedness. Like I was talking to Maddie today and it's like, I'm pretty poor now, but I grew up pretty upper middle class, which gives me, which gives me like, I'm like, as much as I'm poor now, I'm like, (laughs) I have a lot of upper middle class privileges. Yeah. Like just built into me because I was raised that way. And I have support structures from my family. I have white body privilege. I have like, so I have, lots of these areas. I also have intersections of being assigned female at birth. I have intersections of being transgender. I have intersections of being queer. I have intersections of being like able-bodied, like all of these different locatedness. And I, I feel like there's just always like cyclical processes of like, I don't know. We, yeah, there's like the books, like white fragility, like going through these processes of kind of starting to dismantle your like worldview. And I am in school and with a lot of people who are all at very different places. Mm-hmm. They're all coming with very unique locations they're coming from. Very different holding environments than me. Mm-hmm. Very you know, what's what's brought up for me when something gets brought up in class is going to bring up something completely different for someone else. Mm. And different defenses are going to get fired for me in a situation and different defenses are going to get fired for someone else. And kind of reading this was like a, like a, some kind of like check. You feel called out? Called out. Oh, for <laughs> sure called out. For sure called out. Because I think I... I, I know I can run into some like, there's definitely like a tendency for me to go either I'm much better than you or I'm shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard for me to just like hold, we're both equally human. Yeah. And this this notion of the other within was really powerful to me in seeing the the layers and she gives this like example, which is like a medium example, but kind of this example of this person pinky and kind of explains their particular way in which they might experience something like a diversity training mm-hmm. and the, the unpacking that goes on for them and the ways in which if not tended to certain defenses will only get heightened. Yeah. If, if they're not able to be met with eyes 
along the ways of their process. Yeah. Essentially, it's like if someone in the process of dismantling their dissociative states is, isn't met with people seeing them, that's, that's only going to create more division and more dissociative states. Dang. Oh, it's so much. Oh. So it has been like. Are you, are you talking, sort of talking about less like bearing witness? Like so if somebody's going through a trauma, like somebody needs to be able to see it and observe it and process it, or is it bit kind of anything that you're saying? What do you mean? The observing and noticing that you were saying? The the witness, like going by standard yeah, a yeah, witness? Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's kind of a different thing. I was, I'm saying more of like someone like, I'm, I'm kind of speaking specifically to someone kind of who's learning and dismantling their, their worldview. That's maybe exposing that they themselves have privileges. Like it's this strange thing where folks with privilege also need to be attended to for collective liberation. Right. Like in their dismantling of their dissociative states, if they're not able to be seen in that, like they're only going to continue to be dissociated and keep remaining in that position of oppressor or bystander. Oof. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. But I was also just thinking about this idea of like almost from a parent perspective, like noticing and observing and witnessing and asking someone to deny parts of themselves. Yeah. Or inviting it out or yeah. Witnessing was bringing up lots of things for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can riff on witnessing. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. So that's what it's been bringing up for me. So now it's like a a kind of a concept I hold with me. Like if I notice myself getting flared up with something someone else is saying, there's this new idea where I wonder, is that a strangeness in myself? I haven't attended to like why my strong reaction towards them. Like, especially when I get really annoyed at someone, I'm like, dang, that that to me feels like a light of like that's that's probably a piece inside you that you a stranger you haven't attended to, um, and so it's kind of called me in to you've been called in called in not called out <laughs> called in to like consider that and hold the multiplicity of the other like it's really hard to do and I think it's really hard like I'm in this process of like <laughs> grieving how hard it is to do that on like Zoom when someone's sharing something in class and there's like a hundred people and they're sharing for the whole class, like it feels almost impossible to hold that that person is a multiple self with stories upon stories and location and, and people and, you know, that's brought them to share what they're sharing. But it's like this, this like moment to pause and go, that's the other within. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's me speaking. Uh, yeah. Dang. This is big. Mm-hmm. It's the solution to all of our problems. This is, <laughs> I don't think this is the solution, but I think it's like... It's a big solution. It feels really important. It is, it is like collective liberation because everyone wins. Like you win when you get in touch with these things and then other people win. And I don't even like the word win, but you know what I mean? It's like you get healed. You get less anxious, I imagine. And then you're able to be more accepting and everybody can do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... Obviously there's people with different opinions, but like I'm kind of a person who believes in this idea that like healing almost requires that it's mutual. Like for it to be healing, there's like this idea of like co-regulation or it takes two people, it takes multiple people like 
to heal. Like you, you're healed and each other are healed in the healing process. Like it's, is that controversial? I don't know if it's controversial. <laughs> Sounds logical to me. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, yeah. So that's what it's brought up for me. Um, I'd be curious what it brought up for you. Cause you read it like a few days ago and you thought we should do the episode. I'd be curious. Like what were your, some of your initial thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think in terms of lesser and more curious, it's just another little example of what is it that we're wanting people to be curious about? It seems, you know, we were talking about this last night on the phone, the idea of a boundary curiosity um, that like we we keep wanting to clarify for ourselves because we're still fairly new. This this thing that we're trying to do, less certain, more curious, but we do believe in it. We do. I have to clarify. It's not no certainty. And And it's not more curious, only curious. Yeah. It's not only curious. I have to clarify that just for myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about creating containers and mandalas and whatever it is. It's like the, the, the container of therapy, the container of a worship experience, whatever it is. Um, I like the idea of creating containers of curiosity and also it, it does seem that mostly, uh, being curious about yourself is like free reign, Hmm. like full permission. Like, yeah, it's not as risky as whatever else you're going to be thinking about. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is some risk, but it's less than, than, well, it's less exploitative. Like there's definitely more consent in being curious around yourself than like being curious to someone else. It's like, if you start being curious about yourself, you're consenting to it, I guess. So we talk about defense mechanisms. We talk about Enneagram. There's, there's sorts of, tools to helping you get curious about yourself. And I got to dig up this old video. I mean, cause you've seen it before, but like when I was taking my developmental psychology class, yeah, you before, do got to take, yeah, yeah. I don't think you've shown it to me. You just talked about it. Oh, funny. Yeah. I, I, I uh, made a cast of characters and made a video of all these characters that described them. You know, I think you'd, I think you'd remember it. I think you've seen it, but it'd be fun to watch it now that you know me. Cause I thought we would watch it in the very early days, Oh, but we had to do that. It was like, don't remember it. <laughs> name and identify five characters that reside inside you. Obviously there's more than five, but we're right. tasked with doing five. And for me, it was a good guy, Gabe, um, controlling Colin, uh, whimsical William, Aww. you know, and I had, I had like, it was like a 20 minute video. Where Wasn't there an Earl? Yeah. Emotionally detached Earl. Emotionally detached Earl. Yeah. And, um, I just think, I just think for us in no small thing, as we often say, this is just the first episode on this topic. I think for our listeners, we're wanting to add value to their lives. Like I sometimes talk about us as like mad scientists doing the things that we're advocating for our listeners to do. And we can report back on how it went and, um, it's a really trippy thing, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I guess, I guess I can be sort of a testimonial of sorts. Like I'll always have so much work to do mm-hmm. and nobody's ever complete or I don't even like the word work, but, um, I'm, 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 I'm on a journey. Yes. Yes. We're on a journey. And the journey is, I feel like lately I've been like this, this is where I'm on a river and the river is like, it's not a circle, but it's like a spiral of sorts. Yeah. Like it, it's cyclical. It's, it's rhythmic, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's not like closed. Mm-hmm. That's a great, something way like that. Some kind of, Oh my gosh, I would, 
well, I wouldn't want to actually do this, like create a river because that's bad for the environment. But like (laughs) imagine a river that was a spiral. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's like a lazy river in a water park or something. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. Which I'm like, I do not want to create that. (laughs) That sounds great. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I would say uh, I have been impacted in a good way for identifying that cast of characters, but I think it's probably cool to keep going. You know, I did that. Oh, for sure. Oh, I can imagine. It was, it was really good for just my wife and me. Like she'd be like, Oh, emotionally detached girl. She'd be like, Oh, controlling Colin, you know? And, and it's just nice to identify what's happening. Yeah. But I also know that my wife did this thing called lifespan integration therapy. Oof, cool. That's another one. And in so many ways you're, I'm sure there's all, I'm not, I'm not a person that does this for people. So I just, this is all hearsay for me, but it makes sense. It's like, you know, you create a room in your head and you invite your young self into the room and you parent yourself, you know? Uh, And, and it's just really cool to think like, yeah, you have, you have the literal selves that you were, yeah. but then the metaphorical selves and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to learn to attend to them and parent them and to give them grace. But I mean, that's where this thing just gets so out of hand because it's like, well, (laughs) what if you still don't have the skill set to parent your younger self? Like, Mm, what if you're mm -hmm. still a harsh, judgmental, jerky, angry? Yeah, we need help then. And you're going to go shame your younger self. Like, the cool thing is if you can go back in time and offer your younger self grace and healing and love and comfort where there wasn't any. Yeah. But maybe that's what we need to do. All these selves, you know, like it, I mean, honestly, it sounds like inside out from Pixar. True. You know? And that's very simplified in the terms of like the emotions. But True. we do have all these characters residing in us that some of like in that story, it's sadness that isn't getting attended to. Yeah. And there are just characters inside of us that mm-hmm. we've said no to. Mm-hmm. It's like that person and that thing somehow somewhere along the way got told no. <laughs> And so it's suppressed or repressed or whatever. Right. It's like you're, you have so, like I've, I've, I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking like how much, how much more is there to discover about me? I mean, it's infinite. It's infinite. infinite. I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like when people get married, they're like, oh, you know, you're going to always be learning new things about this person. You know, like there's like often the, it's like a thing that's brought up and it's a hundred percent true. I mean, it's like, yes, like this person is infinite an uh-huh. infinite mystery. You are also an infinite mystery to yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like that's this also, it's like part of this embrace of like, no, you're mysterious. Uh, right. Like <laughs> you yourself are going to learn new things about yourself all the time. If you let yourself, like if you start to explore pieces of you, you're, there's, there's so much to discover. There's, Don't want to. There's doors upon doors. Doors upon doors. <laughs> Don't yeah, want to. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, I'm just speaking for myself. So, uh, and maybe this, somebody will relate to this, but there's this idea of like getting married or entering into a friendship or relationship because it doesn't have to be marriage. But no, <laughs> Mason and I have a friendship. We do. Very, very close friendship. And there's this idea of, I know myself. Mm-hmm. This is not real, but this is what we think. I know myself and I'm going to go on a date. We have this find someone on dating app. I'm just trying to, you, you, you paint the picture in your own head, but okay. meeting somebody for the first time or you're now in a relationship and you're on the journey. And it's this idea of like, I know myself. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, 
and I start to trust this person, mm-hmm. I'll tell them about myself. Mm-hmm. And there, yeah, there's this idea of like sort of this omniscient understanding of who you are and a relationship is I'm going to cultivate enough trust with this person that they'll tell me about themselves. But yes. it's like, instead of being like, they don't even know themselves and I don't even know myself. Right. Right. <laughs> How would that first date go? Like, just just plop down this idea of the the other within and just be like, hey, hey uh, yeah, I, I know you think you like salad, but maybe you don't. Maybe, and like, maybe, you know, it's like, maybe what? it's a part of you that actually doesn't like salad. <laughs> um, gosh, I have many thoughts right now. One is I'm just really remembering this episode from House, which throwback to me in my high school. Yeah, you're a house age. watcher. <laughs> I didn't watch house. I used to watch house, which I feel like it makes so much sense that I watched house. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. I just knew he was like kind of a curmudgeonly, like kind of drug addicted doctor. Is that right? But I never literally, I've never watched an episode. It's like a tormented drug addicted doctor who's trying to solve like medical mysteries. But like I was so <laughs> here for him and his tormented soul. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was like, it was also like, I mean, relatively like, I don't know. I liked it. It's a nice medical drama, but there was this one patient that came in and I think this is a real thing. Here I am talking about some medical show and essentially this person was, had this like arm that would act out Mm. different actions Mm. that like he didn't want, he couldn't control his arm. Mm. So he's like talking to his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and his arm slaps his girlfriend. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. All this thing. And it's like, but his arm did it. Like Mm -hmm. there is something inside of him that wanted to do that. Right. Like there is this almost need to embrace. And this (laughs) going like slightly referencing the article, we don't need to go to reference it, but it's like, she talks about this idea of like aggression and particularly naming aggressions and how in particular locations aggression is either received or not received. And there's even in its receival, there's particular ways in which evil. Let's just pause (laughs) and appreciate that word. I like it. I am unafraid to make any word a verb. If we it can, needs to be. we can, we can, I'm going to write it down. I, 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 that's, that is a good one. <laughs> Receival. Please. I want all, I want, I'm not making fun of you at all. I'm saying that is genius. Receival. I know. I wrote an essay recently with making the word imaging mm-hmm. a verb, which I don't know if that actually is a verb. Like when you take something and you image it, like you make it into an image. Yes. Imaging. Like is that imaging. a verb? It might be. Do you want me to look it up? No, no, no. But I, I tried to write boundaried curiosity and I got autocorrected. So I don't even think boundaried. Well, sorry. A, we're writing new word. words. Boundaried curiosity. Receival. Um, <laughs> <laughs> receival. Okay. What was I saying about receival? Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted your train of thought. No, that's fine. Um, it's fine, but the thought is gone. It's true. Receival. <laughs> <laughs> Prompt. <laughs> Prompt receival. Sorry, that distracted me so much. I, I, it's hard because I thought it was so beautiful. I was like, yes, receival, please. Let's make this a thing. <laughs> no, I'm here for the interruption. I just really am trying to find Dang my it, way back. I'm so sorry. Aggression. Got Aggression. it. I'm here. Good. Sweet. Um, So there's different ways in which aggression is, you know, giving, given your holding environment, like yeah. you growing up male in a, in a particular location, like aggression in a certain form is totally foreseen as yes, go ahead. 
in a different area, you're at the church, you're a youth pastor, aggression is not seen as okay. Right. Like not there, you know? And it's like, there's all these different like aggression negotiations mm-hmm. that we're having and different ways in which people's aggressions aren't able to be manifested. And so there's also in Ooh. this an invitation to, to em- embrace mm-hmm. that there is aggression. Oh. Embrace that that is there. I have so many, too many thoughts. Here's one thought number one. I'll make this clear. Thought number one is this 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 tick that a lot of people have. This is my experience. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like it's in movies too. It's like okay. somebody says that's not me. Mm. Somebody have an apology and they go that's not me. I'm like it was. It was you. Don't don't hashtag a, other within. Yeah, that's a disassociative state. It's like somehow you're denying that part of yourself. It was you. So just say it was and I saw I'm sorry. When people do something, oh my gosh, is this what you're saying when someone does something and they say, "Oh, I don't do that kind of thing. That's not me. I yeah. do this kind of thing no. and I'm I'm this kind of person." So you had that effect. Well, I'm this kind of person. It's like, "Well, Oh, but. that's that's a different way of saying it. But, but that's also something that happens. Yeah. It's it I just have this experience, this energy or this way of thinking sometimes where somebody does something that they've never done before, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And they're part of their apology is like, sorry, I did that. That's not me. Mm. Like I yelled, but I'm not a yeller. I'm like, maybe you're not a yeller, but you did that. But you did just yell. So you yelled. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's a weird way of. Right. uh, It's, I mean, it's almost like I'm so I've. They, there's almost this like, dissociative state. It's like they can't acknowledge that they were surprised by themselves. Yeah. This part of themselves showed up that was surprising is didn't feel like themselves, but it was from within. Mm-hmm. So there's, wow, that was a new piece of me I just saw. Yeah. I, I really do insist that others recognize my inherent multiplicity. What I no longer do is take pains to explain it or defend it. That is an exhausting, exhausting, repetitive, repetitive, repetitive dream, dream, dream project to constantly explain and defend one's multiplicity. So I've reached a point where I am aware of my inherent multiplicity. And anyone wishing to meaningfully engage with me or my work must be too. Must be too. I I don't don't know everybody like how do you attend to these things this is just an example but like it seems to be some sort of inner conversation you need to talk to yourself I think it's (laughs) inner conversations I think it's like I think yeah you find what works for you it's it's writing it's painting it's it's going on runs it's it's talking to someone I think it's also potentially getting outside help it takes two to know one I know it's like, oh, maybe the very logical step of everybody, I would say everybody should go to therapy. I mean, everyone should have access to therapy and everyone should go to therapy. These are my thoughts. (laughs) Good thoughts. The other thing was I posted this Audrey Lord thing on my Instagram that got some controversial attention because it also goes to my Facebook, everybody. So (laughs) Um, it said, uh, our our emotions are our most genuine paths to knowledge. Great, great. What a nice thought. I, I'm like, there's nothing to see here. I'm, I, you know, posting it. Well, there's lots to see here, but I get what you're saying when yeah, you say that. Exactly. Like this should be like, oh yeah, good point. 
you know, we all need to do that. We all need to get more in touch with our emotions, but it really triggered a lot of people, especially Christians. But, but, um, it's this idea. I, I here, here's what I'll say. The, it, 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 it seemed that the common misunderstanding of that concept emerged aggressively in the midst of these conversations, which is, <laughs> it's so weird to be on the other side of this, but I guess, I mean, I guess welcome the other, this was me. So I welcome that in and I say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that was part of who I was. I don't know where that came from, but this yeah. thought of like, it's a, it's an outlandish thought. I have to get those disclaimers, but it's like, if you attend to your emotions, that means you validate them and act on them. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild thought. So I had so many yeah. people be like, okay, so what if I feel like committing murder? I, I, I commit murder. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> so, so let's yeah, say- attending to them does not mean you fucking do like <laughs> attending to them is saying, wow, I'm having an emotion. What does that mean for me? What is that telling me? Right. Like- and, and these, these pushbacks are proving the need for this thought. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess if we're going to go, which is the craziest thing, someday we're going to do slippery slopes. Slippery slopes, slippery slopes. I feel like that'll be so funny. We can just come up with all the jokes of slippery slopes. Like that'd be good to get some listener thoughts on slippery slopes. Tell us your stories when slippery slope. I also just want us to make a bunch of like joke, slippery slopes. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm not very clever, but I'll try. For some reason, I'm having like some idea of like. I'm thinking of like, like shoots and ladders. Slippery slope. I don't know where this is coming from, but it's like, <laughs> like if somebody likes Reese's peanut butter cups and they start to like eat the Easter ones, it's like that's a slippery slope. What? You're gonna start to eat the pumpkin ones in Halloween, and you're gonna start <laughs> to eat the Christmas trees. Don't do- oh my gosh, that is a wild. Wild way to apply that, but it is good. <laughs> so what if you eat the Easter? What's next? The Christmas, the Christmas Reese's? trees, all, all holiday Easter Reese's. It starts with the Easter. <laughs> I've seen it a million times. <laughs> what a crazy thought. That's so good. The other within really came out right there. Some strange, I'm surprised by my own train of thought. <laughs> That is so good. I'm glad you went with that train of thought. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it's like, okay, let's let's go for murder, which is the most <laughs> lazy thing everybody does. Like, think about it, everybody. Because I, I... Right, and like, oh, we're just not going to attend to the <sighs> fact that you want to murder someone? Like, yeah. that's better for us all that, than you... <laughs> but you know, I, I bought into that for 30 years of my life. So somebody would be like, oh, uh, a consensual sexual relationship. And somebody goes... So what then? Everybody can just murder people? And you're like, what? <laughs> how is that? How is the idea of murder getting brought into the idea of a consensual sexual relationship? It's like, it, and it really messes with your brain. You know, it really messed with me. I was like, am I? You know, it's that's slippery slope. It's, it's wild. But, but yeah, so it's saying like, okay, so somebody wants to kill someone. I don't even know if that's an emotion, first of all. Is that rage? <laughs> um, and you say, okay, well, isn't that the problem? You have somebody that wants to kill someone and they can't attend to that and right. they repress it. They can't talk about it and it turns into and a like a psychotic episode. And but if you, if you, to, to, if you're taught to tend to your emotions, you go, I'm feeling rage. Huh? I wonder what that's about. I should talk to that. I should give it some space. I should find a trusted person. I should find a therapist. I should talk about that. I shouldn't deny it. Yeah. It's so frustratingly simple, but it is <laughs> like, it's, it's not easy to do, but the yeah. concept, at least we can all agree that we should try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then I guess another rant here comes a rant. Here, comes, like, a rant. here comes a rant. <laughs> That's we so should, exciting. We should make a new jingle. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do the healthy thing, and I'm gonna tell you about my emotions. You know, I'm feeling angry, and people are like, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Mm. It's like, it's not an uncomfortable thought. Uh, oh, don't be such a buzzkill. We're having a nice time. Yeah, yeah. Well, speak about the other within. That person can't tolerate that right. they also feel angry. Yeah, and they can't accept that. And in then you themselves. think about a whole community that does this. Yep. This whole community has decided somehow we've all found each other, and we have decided we don't talk about anger, or you talk about me and Mace, Mace and me. Mace what are we doing? Going on a mission trip. And we watched this freaking documentary called 13th with a bunch of teens and everybody's feeling super depressed appropriately and angry and scandalized. And we go, oh, let's talk about lament. Yep. And let's give these kids a chance to get pissed and angry about the injustice. We need to cry out. And there's this person on this trip that's like, well, why would we have to do that? Let's change the subject. Let's, let's keep not it light. do lament. Like, oh. get No. And that same trip. <laughs> on that same trip, uh, we, <laughs> this is, here comes this more is ranting. truly ranting we, we right got now. A, we got an email that one of our, one of us, a staff member from our big church was leaving. And this was like a loss for the quote unquote, the good side. Cause it was a very good person. Mm. And, and uh, I go, Oh, that's so sad. I literally just kind of touched my chest. I go, Oh, that's so sad. And this other person on our trip goes, no, 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 no. Don't do that. This is good. This is good for them. And it's good for us. And I'm just like, Oh. I, I'm like getting choked up to sing that. I'm like, I'm having a real response right now. I'm just letting myself be a little sad for this for a second. Hold yeah. on. Like yeah. chill out. Like it's okay. But, but hold on. What's going on inside of you? That like, you can't tolerate even seeing that in the other. I yeah. mean, that's, that's kind of what's happening. It's like seeing something in the other that you haven't encountered with yourself. You haven't given yourself permission to work with then becomes a stranger in yeah. our natural psychological reaction is to say, Oh, strange, push away, scary. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I think this is the thing. It's like, we're giving these examples and ranting and like talking about, I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of like, Oh, we've got to figure it out. But it's like, not at all. Like mm. there are so many ways in which I'm sure that I am constantly rejecting a strangeness in the other. You know, Let's and that's that. the strangest in myself. That seems like a good wind down. Like what, what are some things we might be able to identify in ourselves that, I mean, let's do, let's, let's really try something experimental here. And everybody, okay. this is like on the fly. So this might c- crash and burn. Here we go. But taking two to see. Uh, Takes two, two to see one. one. Yeah. What do you notice in me where you might notice that I might not be accepting or haven't cultivated a sense of tolerance for inner selves. Mm, mm. That's an interesting thought. That's a lot for me to think about right now. It's Let's putting think. you on the spot. You don't have to answer. Let it's, me, it, let me it's think. It's a creative idea. Do you notice times in my life where I'm particularly intolerant? I do. I do. I feel like sometimes when people are illogical, that's mm. that arises in you. That's like, a good answer. Like you'll be like, it's so that's logical. Can't they see that this is logical? And sometimes <sighs> I'm like, okay, Oof. like, whoa, like I wonder what's going on for you there when they yeah. have then you have that strong reaction. Cause I'm like, I don't know if it seems that logical. Like it might be more Dang. complicated than that. Like, so I've I noticed that kind of moment. It's is it is this either 
not, it's, it's either one of two things. It's, it's either not making space for the other inside of me that isn't logical. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, I think that's so much a part of it. Like it's, it seems like you can't, like someone will do something and you're like, can't they see that this is logical? And part of me wants to be like, what if it isn't logical what they're doing, but it's valid what they're doing. Right. And, and the, the weird trippy thing is that you're appealing to my actual values. So that's strange. <laughs> yeah. But I also wonder what you're saying is like, if, have I also not attended to the person that's hyper logical? Right. And I don't like that person. Mm. Like logic, logic, logic. I'm like, and I, I don't like that person. Like everything has to be so logical. Yeah. You know? Interesting. I it feel like it's probably both. Other. Yeah. It's probably both. But I, I, it's, it's hard because there's part of me that has some sort of joy in a sort of comedic way of pointing out a logic, like with close friends. No, I know you do. Like, I don't really go around getting in that many people's face, but like it, it really comes out when I'm talking about the way people cross the street, you know, it's like, this is crazy. Like, why are you guys crossing the street this way? But I, I honestly theor- intellectually don't really believe in logic. <laughs> no, I think that's where it is really funny because sometimes I'll notice you do this and I'm like, this is really interesting because I... Hmm, man, you got, that's a good answer. I'm not seeing this in terms, first of all, I'm, my lens is not seeing this in terms of logic. Yeah. Like that's always fascinating where you'll bring in logic and I'm like, well, I wasn't even thinking about logics hmm. here. Um, and Ooh, this is good. <laughs> so I do. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I wonder it, it does feel sometimes cause I think sometimes you do it playfully, Yeah, but sometimes you do it where it's less playful. You, yeah. you seem a little bit like perturbed agitated. Yeah. Like how dare they not be logical and think that what they're saying is logical. Oh, that gives me a lot to think about. That's good. There's my Dang. thought. You put me on the spot and I, I, you, you I knocked it out of the grabbed park. a thought. <laughs> Wait, now, now what was your, I know you have to do this for me, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't. Only if you want it. This is all about consent. That's true. No, I think I'm open to it. This sounds kind of fun. I'm not going to say anything you don't know. I already have my answer <laughs> and you've <laughs> already identified it? it in yourself. What is it? Anybody that wants the spotlight. <laughs> 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 you're like, I roll to that person and you're like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> Somebody else like the spotlight. <laughs> Not everyone. How dare that but- person tries to get the spotlight? <laughs> They're so annoying. Always trying to get the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. But that's the crazy thing. Cause I've said this to you, like the people that you and I love, th- this is why I would love for you to make peace with the other within it. It's like, Right. I love people that love the spotlight. Yeah. And I think about David Bowie or Bjork. And I, I told you there's this image of my mind in watching a recent documentary of uh, Bob Dylan. And it was very obvious that in this season of this concert he was doing, he had all sorts of film crews following him around and it'd be like a party afterwards. And this was like when he's being filmed almost 24 seven. Yeah. And there's just a scene where like, he's just casually at this crazy psychedelic party with a, f- a lady friend and, there's this really cool shot of them and they're sort of talking and drinking and it looks cool. Yeah. And the camera swivels for a second. He's like, keep it on us. Keep it on us. And I said to you, like, I like that Bob Dylan wanted the camera on him. Yeah. Like I like watching this documentary. I like watching his music. I'm like for, for certain personalities, I'm like, I, I want the camera on Kanye. I want the camera on these people that I find to be interesting. Yeah. So I'm like, make peace of that. I, I think it's great that you want the camera on you. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, that's fascinating. It's true. I definitely do like the spotlight. I like to be seen. Like yeah. there's no getting around. I like to be seen. I think that there's, that's a fascinating one because I have multiple thoughts. One is I think I do resent people who like the spotlight, 
But, well, yes, no, for sure. Not a but, <laughs> not a but. And? And <laughs> I also resent and get angry at people who so fly under the radar or don't do anything mm. or okay, are so okay with not being seen. That oh. also irks me. It's and that's a, also extremes. like, that's, that's probably the bigger stranger oh. that I have yet to make peace with. That is there's a part of me that also wants to not be seen. Oh, you know? So I think there's both. Cause I think you're right. Like, I think I'm learning to make peace and I, I hear you and you like give that Bob Dylan example. I'm like, that's very sweet. I would like to cultivate and I'm working towards this is, this is something that feels like it's going to be a long journey of like, reimagining the way I see myself being seen. Cause it's both of those are really like, even these extremes are really like dependent on mm -hmm. if other people like it's dependent on what I do. And I'm like, there's a little manic energy to either of like the, like not being seen yeah. and not showing up or the really showing up and really being seen. And I think I, I, I think Sometimes there's a genuine, I mean, most of the time there's, there's always a piece of, of genuine true selfness in the midst of either of those places for me. But I do think that I am looking towards like, I don't know, the spotlight thing's bringing up a lot for me. I'll say this, like <laughs> moving towards like a, a more grounded sense that like I can show up and yeah, maybe for this day, because of the way things are, I am in a role where I'm seen more and that's cool. But if I wasn't, I would be okay. Like I don't need to be seen to be okay. It's kind of this idea of moderation. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag moderation. That's my but motto. I think this is that moment you and I just had with this topic. Like, I think it just highlights something that even sort of came up in the Enneagram blitz and just anything that we talk about with this, like curiosity of self and two to see one. It is yeah. a real trusting, gentle, sweet, playful dance. Yeah. And, and so it's this thing of like, I have an observation, but I also need to get really quiet and curious when you're talking about yourself. And I experienced that too. When now that like, I've like taken off the, um, sort of seal of knowing my Enneagram type Yeah. and everybody rushes in and wants to explain myself to me. And, yeah. I, and I say, I hear what you're saying, but, I also experience this and go, people go, well, that's not right because this is, and here's what you need to know about this type. And I'm like, can I, can I just tell you about myself for a second? Right. Right. This is what I'm experiencing. I don't even care about my type right now. Let me just tell you something that I know to be true of me and please just shut up and listen for a second. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but also I also want to be open to people's observations of me. Yeah. So it is, it is interesting because I so hear that in you of like, yeah, I hear Scott, what you're saying of like, I can get a little bit more comfortable being in the spotlight, but I also want you to know that I'm, I'm trying to also not be in the spotlight so much. So I'm like, dang, I get really tender with that information. Cause it's like, that's also so important for me to hear. Yeah. And I also just wonder in terms of the two to see one too, of like adding more to that of like, in terms of the moderation is the overall theme of this whole thing is if you have made peace with the person that wants to be seen, it's not going to feel so manic. Right. And vice versa. Hopefully the, that's yeah. the hope. That's the hope that it's like, it's like I can show up and be seen or not seen and it doesn't matter. Right. You know, yeah. like it's, and you're like, Hey person that doesn't want to be seen and is shaming themselves. Like you're, 
you're okay. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. I've made peace with you and hugs and hey, person that loves being seen, like, and no amount cool of too. being in the spotlight is going to get me to be seen yeah. kind of thing. Like I need to, I need to like re see myself. <laughs> um, I really, really like what you just said there. And I feel like it really is this beautiful dance of, I think what you're saying of like takes two to know one, like what does that mean in relation? Like, what does that mean in relationship? And it's, I think what you're saying of like, Hey, I'm noticing this thing in you. And then when you say an observation, you notice in someone, I think there needs to be the stipulation that you give that observation and knowing that you're giving an observation and that whatever that person then brings, it's like, what do you think with this observation? Like now we get to work together with this observation. You can tell me like what I'm missing in my observation. What's, what's not there. And like, how how special that is when it's not just like oh I see you do this it must be this it's like no it's not like an interpretation of like oh I see this thing in you it's like hey I'm noticing this yeah and there's this or no you're no you totally missed it you know and it's like oh okay tell me because I saw this thing please explain it you know it's like getting to work with that then curiously is like a very beautiful process I feel like that's the exact application of less certain more curious in a way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, just uh, again, less certain, less certain, <laughs> you know, but I, but, but, but of course it, it, it it's, it's almost my responsibility to vocalize my observation, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's right. I just noticed this thing. Right. And especially since like, especially if you've created this like framework, yeah, like this groundwork. Yeah. But it's so beautiful too, because then, somebody can say, Oh, here's, here's what, here's what you're actually observing. And here's how that works inside of me. And you go, Oh, oh this is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This, this stuff is all like, so, uh, it's, it's like the, it's like our birthright to being alive. We get to talk about these things. We get to explore ourselves. I, I, I feel like, I don't know where it is and I'm speaking for my own social location and upbringing, I guess, but there's so many stigmas around the idea of therapy or self work. And it's like, this is, this is, I don't want to say like, I guess it could sound very privilegy or something to say it's fun because sometimes it's not. And it's a lot of hard work. And sometimes there's some really desperate need for some instant intervention of some kind, but like also on a meta human level, like we get to explore ourselves. Right. I mean, it's like, there's this thing of like, oh my gosh, there's a stranger in me. Scary. Or like, holy shit, there's a stranger in me. Yeah. Like I get to dance with this stranger and get to know it and get to know more. And I'm not going to get bored of myself because there's layers upon layers of me that can always be unpacked. I mean, I feel like in the past six months, it's like I've learned so much about myself that I'm just like shook to the core. (laughs) And I'm just like, how there is, like there's this interesting layer of it's like, it has come with a lot of, pain and grief and anxiety Mm. like right on that surface but also fascinating like wow there's so much more and like it's very clear it's like there's an endless well I mean there's definitely like different ways people see the unconscious but I see the unconscious as like a creative active life force that is growing yes like it's like as we get in touch with our unconscious it's not like a solid unconscious that is stable and you know to be excavated piece by piece it's like no it's a moving breathing living organism Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. it's dynamic in its nature so it's like you're encountering a 
a dynamic piece. You're in relationship with the self. Boo. Another little mini sermon. Big thoughts. I guess I, big thoughts. Big thoughts coming in. I'm looking for a poem, by the way. Well, I have the roomy poem. Okay, you've got the roomy poem. Should we just end with a dueling set of poems? <laughs> we are I'm like, I've got a coming poem. at you with some poems. <laughs> um, the other within, we both are on the same. I mean, the guest house is really short, so we could do both. But um, I guess just a shout out to our friend and listener, Michael. Oh my gosh, big shout out. He brought up he brought up Peter Rollins and talk about the monster within and yes yes I was saying obviously it, well obviously if you listen to the podcast everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Peter Rollins and it's sort of like the person that launched me on the curious journey but that's true <laughs> honestly yeah. he oh. he gave a talk on YouTube years ago that has always really stuck out to me and he talked about this idea of. Um, it's called the, t- the, the title of the talk was an alien from inner space. Hmm. So it's like, we love to think of outer space and he, he made this connection, which I think is seems totally true to me. I can't it, buy my poem. Okay. So no poem from me. We love to think of outer space and you know, we've got Elon Musk and um, you know, SpaceX and all these people trying to land on the moon and we think that's really cool. And it is. And I've been rewatching a lot of Tom Sachs, talks and he is obsessed with NASA and landing on the moon and that's great. And he's made a career of it to a certain extent. And to a certain extent, it, it represents for him like the epitome of human achievement and design and fascinating, yeah. a very interesting thing. Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> Funny way of saying it. <laughs> Another within thing. is coming out yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you caught it. <laughs> um, so, so, if you think about all these things we're talking about, the other within defense mechanisms, it's like collectively as a species, humans have a very easy time looking out, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to know that like space at this point is more explored than the ocean. Yes. No, exactly. And this idea of like outer space, but what about inner space? What about Yes. So he says the alien from inner space. So the alien, we love to think about aliens, but mm-hmm. like, but the alien within. Yeah, exactly. The alien what within. Alien within. Yeah. Yep. So yep. same as a monster within, I think, but it's like, um, there is actually a movie called inner space, which is really interesting. That has Dennis Quaid and Martin short in it. But that's a whole other story, but, but yeah, <laughs> you don't know Martin short or Dennis Quaid. No. <laughs> Did you ever see the I mean, second I, parent trap? Yeah. The dad from that is Dennis Quaid. He's a pretty sig- okay. sig- like famous actor, but okay, cool. Uh, we don't need to talk about inner space, but I do like the idea of like, yeah, getting to know this this stranger inside. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good metaphor of like, yeah, like this this idea of like we're always looking for escapes. Yeah. What if we in, like? I think there's an invitation towards the self, mm-hmm. like away from the escapes. Yes. 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 I'm really cringing at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this just brings up one more thing that. Uh, Paul Sartre and Paul Tillich. Is it John Paul Sartre? John Paul Sartre? It's the Pauls. Paul the Pauls. Uh, Paul Tillich reflecting on Sartre talked about this idea of like depression or anxiety. And there was a sense that Sartre felt where he said, there is no way out hmm. like of this life, hmm. but he can write. There's no way out. And that is in a way, a way out like to name it, and to say it 
mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. be able to paint it or sing yeah. it, yeah. you know, that's, that's yeah. a release of sorts. Yeah. And there is something too about what we're saying of being able to name these things and give them some contours and colors and Reuben raising his hand. You can, yes. <laughs> um, we should be washing each other's feet. Ooh. It's Monday Thursday, by the way. Is that what you do on Monday Thursday? I always wash people's feet on Monday Thursday because it's my favorite. Jesus washing the disciples' feet is my favorite Bible story. It's like wow, one of the best. And I would always have my friends come to my dorm room and I'd wash their feet. That's such amazing. I know. I've never washed feet on Monday. It's a good Thursday. day. I mean, this is also the day where you got the prayer of the Gethsemane. So if like you want to get vibey with weepy Jesus in the garden, like today's the day. I don't think I do right <laughs> now currently. <laughs> I don't want to get vibey with weepy Jesus. It's like. Like one of my other favorite Christian holidays is Monday Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Jesus being betrayed. Dang. No, it's a big, it's a big mood at the church. I typically go to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm referencing this cause Ruben's doing a, Ruben's doing a, a service with his church. I think, um, man, oh, you'd mentioned Tom Saxon. You got a little triggered and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how are we winding down. I think you're going to read a blessing. We are winding down for sure. Yeah, I think this is a good episode. I, you know, I think so too. It's a fun. It's fun to explore. Yeah. Um, I think this was much better of exploring a school concept than I've done before. It's so the best. The best we know, one so far. we're growing Hope here. Hope for the future. <laughs> we're doing object relations soon, and I am ex- so excited. I'm so excited. I cannot. I cannot contain how excited <laughs> I. Am. I love that. <laughs> you know, as we're winding down, let's just say I don't. I don't think we did a musical interlude tonight, or. <gasps> But I have thoughts on musical interludes, by the way. Oh, okay. I have a song that I think needs to make it in this episode because I also have a thought too. So I made a video for a school project around the idea of multiplicity. Oh, let's add a few songs because I, even though we didn't say we're going to take a break, it can just have a break. Right. We can just have breaks. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a song from Bob Dylan that I want to end the episode with called I Contain Multitudes. Well, and I would, my song <laughs> would be Moses Sumney's oh, also, yeah. also, oh, and, yes, and yes, 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 I insist yes. upon my right to be multiple. Okay. I that's insist perfect. upon my right to be multiple. Both are perfect. Yeah. So those will just appear somewhere. In the <laughs> uh, okay. I, oh, what I was going to say though, also, as we're winding down, is uh, follow us on Instagram, write us a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah. And uh, also, big, 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 big promotion here to our Patreon, everybody. Shout out to the Patreon. We did find a way to entice you. (laughs) You So far, we haven't found a good way, but I feel like we found the silver bullet, which is a Discord channel where no small thing followers and listeners can engage with each other on these topics. And so far, it's it's nice. It's It's really really cool. cool. It's really fun. Like, folks who are on our Discord read this, like I posted this article on our discord yeah. like earlier today so they could read it and engage and to get access extent, to these kinds of conversations. Mason and I will be on there, but we're trying to create a community where you all can just interact with each other yeah. um, on these things. So a bunch of people had time thoughts to big time thoughts. Yeah. So it's, if you want, if you want the link to the discord, you just become a $3 a month Patreon supporter. I mean, obviously we'd love it if you gave more, but $3 yeah. discord and, and support us on Patreon. We're, we're doing this everybody. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's really doing. cool. It's really fun. We're winding down. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been a fun conversation. Very interesting. It's another step on our journey to become less certain, more curious. Yeah. And I'm going to read this poem from Rumi. We love you. You are the others within us.
Accept the other within everybody. Try. It's a, Try. It's a lifelong journey. Try. <laughs> Try. Uh, here we here we go. This is called The Guest House by Rumi. We've read it once on this podcast, but it was like t- two years ago. So let this be a blessing as you leave. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Today and tomorrow And yesterday too The flowers are dying Like all things do Follow me close I'm going to Bali and Ali I'll lose my mind if you don't come with me I fuss with my hair And I fight blood feuds I contain multitudes Got a telltale heart Like Mr. Poe Got skeletons in the walls of people you know I'll drink to the truth And the things we said I'll drink to the man that shares your bed I paint landscapes And I paint nudes I contain multitudes A red Cadillac And a black mustache Rings on my fingers that sparkle and flash. Tell me what's next. What shall we do? Half my soul, baby, belongs to you. Oh, well, I can I frolic with all the young dudes. I contain a multitudes. I'm just like Aunt Frank. Like Indiana Jones And them British bad boys The rolling stones I go right to the edge I go right to the end I go right where all things lost Are made good again I sing the songs of experience Like William Blake I've no apologies to make Everything's flowing All at the same time I live on a boulevard of crime I drive fast cars And I eat fast foods I contain multitudes Pink pedal pushers Red blue jeans All the pretty maids and all the old queens All the old queens From all my past lives I carry four pistols and two large knives I'm a man of contradictions I'm a man of many moods I contain multitudes 
You greedy old wolf, I'll show you my heart, but not all of it, all of the hateful parts. I'll sell you down the river, I put a price on your head. What more can I tell you? I sleep with life and death in the same bed. Get lost, madam. Get up off my knee. Keep your mouth away from me. I'll keep the path open, the path in my mind. I see to it that there's no love left behind. I play Beethoven sonatas, Chopin's preludes. I contain multitudes.